Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeffrey Halstead, DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. Visit them online at canandaiguadentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Today we continue our series previewing local elections across the Finger Lakes by catching up with one of the candidates running for Cayuga County Legislature in District Number 5. Joshua Chiz joins me via Zoom. Joshua, thanks so much for being here. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's start with the easiest question I'm going to ask you uh, all hour here. Uh, why are you running? <laughs> well, you might say I lost my mind. I, I never, uh, never thought I'd get in politics. I uh, never had a plan to. Um, but I think it starts with a um, motivation I've always had to serve the community. And uh, so when I, uh, well, for years I've been a, a pastor and been a chaplain. Um, and uh, for since 2008, I've been chaplain for multiple organizations within uh, the city government. And uh, I've served the community in, uh, in, as a pastor and, and certainly as a chaplain through the years. Um, I started to get involved. I stopped pastoring, but I started to get involved uh, politically just to help some people behind the scenes. Never saw myself doing anything with it, but um, I was asked to consider it. And I, I said, no, I'm busy, you know, got a lot going on, but I'll keep helping other people. Um, I, I would say the thing that pushed me over the, the, the edge, so to speak, to, to say yes to it this year uh, was that my two boys, my two oldest boys, I've got six, six boys and, uh, my two oldest, uh, moved away this summer. Now they're 20 and 21 years old, typical time frame to move away, you know, typical to kind of go in and, and experience things themselves. But the, the thing is, I, I don't anticipate them coming back. You know, I don't anticipate that they're going to return to Cayuga County and, you know, one is probably because of his career, he's going to have to go where the career takes him. Um, one is just not intending to. He's just, he. we are a very tight family. I mean, he, he, we talk to each other all the time still since his move, um, but he he doesn't want to be here. And uh, and while I think a lot of that is stuff that's out of our control at a, at a county level, what it motivated me to do was, was jump in to have an impact where I can have an impact and and I can at a, at a county level and so I looked at I looked at what is you know where we are as a county as a legislature I looked at some of our recent history and you know my uh, opponent and her uh, stances on things and her approach to things her her chairmanship of the legislature through COVID and and around that time frame and um, I looked at our district and I thought. You know, I, I, I know she's got a long history here and, um, you know, name recognition and all that. But I looking at the, the, the at least the registration of our district, I feel like I'm a good match for our district and I feel like I would represent our district well. And so I decided I'm going to I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and give give our, our district an option. You take a chance. Uh, That's right. Let's talk a little bit about that. I, I don't think that story you you just described 
I don't think that's going to be very uncommon for a lot of parents across the region. Um, sure. Is that one of the bigger issues or bigger themes that you're you're seeing stand out when you go, uh, when you are campaigning and you're talking to different folks in District 5? Yeah, well, I, I am talking to a lot of people who um, themselves are considering moving out. They're considering leaving, right? They, they, they're, they're fed up. And, and I say a lot of people, it's not like it's the, 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 the majority or even close, but it's enough people that it's, it's alarming. It's concerning, right? So, you know, what I, what I am speaking to people about though, does connect. So really for me, when I, when I think about running, I think about, you know, a family friendly community. And what does that mean, mean to me? That means a place where our kids want to be when they grow up, right? If they could find a career anywhere, they'd want to find it here if they had the, if they had the option, right? But it also means public safety. You know, I'm a, I've always been a big supporter of our law enforcement, certainly of our fire service. I've dedicated my life to serving law enforcement. That's a lot of what I do as far as my chaplaincy work right now. Um, you know, I certainly... Uh, taxes are a concern, right? Inflation is a concern. So when you talk about finances, when you talk about the the, the money that um, that people are concerned about, well, what are we doing locally to make sure that we um, increase um, business, right? And we support, for us, farmers are our lifeblood in our county, right? So how do we support our farmers? And how do we support business and decrease the, the tax burden at the same time, right? So those are kind of all the themes that I'm hearing that are, are driving me to run. So, of course, a few people listening to this are going to say, well, we need more economic development. That's the answer. Uh, yeah. Micron, obviously, a lot of promise with Micron for central New York as a whole. Cuga County surely will be some sort of beneficiary there. Yeah. Um, what does successful economic development look like in your district? What's your vision for that? Like, what does that look like to you? So one of the things that I think I bring to the table in, in almost anything is I'm one who will hear, um, I'm willing to hear uh, all perspectives on something, right? And and try to get an understanding of of what everyone's vested interest is in something and try to be a collaborator in that. Right. I, I feel like um, it's it's we're so we'll take Micron, for example. I, I agree. This is a tremendous opportunity for our county, uh, certainly, you know, an incredible thing for Onondaga County. But we, we stand to benefit significantly from that. And so while I see tremendous opportunity with business and like I just said, decreasing tax burden, which means we have to increase opportunities for business in our county. And, and certainly in my district, I would love to see that. But at the same time, uh, we have to consider where that's going to go and how that's going to be, right? When you consider, um, you know, neighbors that want to weigh in on that, and um, and those are always difficult tensions, and and it's not it, there's not always an easy solution. But I think I'm I've become a a good person to try to manage tensions like that and try to understand. All right, there's some give and take here. Let's find some compromise that works for everybody and. Um, and so, so to, yeah, my, Micron is certainly that. We're going to have to, um, if we want to benefit from this, we're going to have to find spots for companies that are going to feed into Micron and companies that are going to facilitate distribution for Micron, right? And uh, support companies that are going to uh, produce things that Micron needs, right? So we're going to need to be proactive in finding that stuff. But we can't just, you know, just push our way through something and frustrate an entire section of our community if it's something that they they don't want 
uh, you know, right, right next door. Understandable. Uh, many believe that environmental issues are the biggest ones facing uh, the region. Uh, Habs, uh, drinking water sources, Owasco Lake, of course, yeah. uh, invasive species, tourism, economic development, all those things. You can't really have a conversation about any of them without it going back to protecting the region's natural resources. So I'm kind of curious, what's your uh, thought process on how you'd like to see the legislature approach those things? Obviously, Owasco Lake uh, has been on the forefront of the legislature's work over the last four years. Uh, what would you like to see, though, in the next four, if you could kind of uh, paint that picture for us? Yeah, I've really tried to dig into this to get a good understanding of it. Um, you know, I know that my opponent's been pretty involved with things uh, dealing with water. And I, I, what, I, what I've come to learn, and, I, and I'm still learning, so I, I don't mean to speak with authority on this at all, um, but what, what I've come to learn in talking to people who are very invested into this, um, some of the organizations that are, are, are leading the way in this, is, um, you know, we, we really did a good job coming up with a plan to address this, right? We've really looked at the science, we've really looked at the issues, and we came up with a plan. And, but what happened toward the end of the submission of that plan is there was a breakdown in, you know, one of the key issues, one of the key um, aspects of the plan is, you know, impact of, of runoff, right, that's predominantly below the lake, right? And so when you look at uh, the number of farms that we have in our watershed versus others, you know, the, the biggest, you know, uh, gain to stand is, is in, in the runoff that's happening around farms. But what happens somewhere in the conversation is my sense that the, the farmers began to be, uh, to feel viewed as the problem, right? not as someone who stands to gain from this and someone who might be able to contribute the most to this and, and maybe benefit from this, right? But they, there was some, somehow some, some communication that made them feel like they were the problem when, in fact, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of issues. Now, yes, runoff around the farms and other issues, and, and it's not just the farms themselves. It's, it's, you know, the tributaries, there's a lot of movement in them, right? There's a lot going on there. So, um, I, you know, I, I have the sense that that failed um, leading up to the submission of our, our, uh, our, our plan. And what's happened as a response is that now some of our lawmakers uh, are, are calling out for, you know, TMDLs, right? Total mass uh, daily limits. And, and that the farms and the tributaries from the farms are, are non-point sources, right? So we're we're calling out something that again is pushing the farmers thinking they're the, you know, like we're calling them the problem. When in reality, not only are they not the problem, but the solution that we're asking for and to put some regulation on them isn't even gonna solve the issue, right? And so to me, we need to get everybody back to the table again and say, hey, we've got this plan. How can we all work together to make it happen rather than pointing fingers about who needs to do what and what regulations we need to implement. Um, I think we, I don't know a farmer who doesn't want clean water, right? I don't know a farmer who doesn't need the water that we're supplying out of our lake. I don't know a farmer who doesn't care about the environment, right? Now, there may be some that have some practices that they could 
improve, but um, but I think a, a huge portion of our farmers are already doing uh, a tremendous amount to make sure that that they're. Um, I mean, they don't want to waste their money, right? They, they they don't they don't want erosion, which means they don't want to lose land, right? They don't want to overspray uh, because that costs a lot of money. So I, I think we got to be careful about how we dialogue about this, and we got to make sure we get them back to the table to talk about it. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, sure. rural uh, fire and EMS service. Obviously, both of those have become challenging services for communities of all sizes to maintain. But whether we're talking about response time or cost of service, uh, what are you hearing from voters in District Number 5 on this front? What do they want to see from the county when it comes to fire and EMS service and ensuring that they uh, are maintained throughout the county uh, over the next several years? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not hearing uh, anything about that in my door to door, right? I'm not hearing that as a predominant topic of conversation. It is something that I'm I am concerned about. I'm a volunteer uh, at Owasco Fire Department. Uh, I'm I'm their chaplain as well. I um, I'm more their chaplain than anything, but um, I I am registered as uh, a member of the fire department. Um, and I, I see, I see the challenges. I see the challenges not only here, I see the challenges everywhere. Uh, and I, it's, I do think it's um, a looming potential crisis that we're going to need to figure out, right, if we don't see more, more volunteerism, um, more people stepping into our, our volunteer departments, and certainly the costs of, of you know, the, the Technology is a wonderful thing, and it's saved lives, and it's made uh, the fire service better and better. But it's expensive. You know, there's there's a lot of cost to it, and so, um, uh, you know, again, it's not something I'm hearing day day to day, door to door, uh, but it's certainly on my mind. Uh, public safety recruiting obviously is a very uh, big challenge for basically every law enforcement agency across the region. Oh, yeah. uh, how do you think when you uh, talk to folks about public safety, about the sheriff's office, uh, how do you think the legislature could approach this in the future to hopefully keep Kiwi County in a good position on the recruiting front and retention? Yeah, you know, it's this is one of those uh, those challenges because uh, it, you know, it goes it goes directly against my my goal to you know, keep budgets down. But when it comes to um, when it comes to law enforcement, we can't compromise. And what we need to recognize is as much as uh, I think our sheriff does a great job uh, getting out into the community. I think our sheriff's office does a great job getting out into the community, right? That some of the investment in that is, is going to be years later, right? Because it's going to be the the children that are that encounter our sheriff's office that you know years later may want to step in and help with recruitment so that that's that's great but in the in the short term one of the things that you know is clear is it it's challenging enough to recruit and then it's even more challenging to hold on to good folks if there are better paying opportunities nearby and so the one thing that i think the ledge can do is um is to make sure that we're we're paying competitively right so to look at our surrounding area and you know not to say that we need to be number one at the top of the list but are we are we paying in a, in a way that's going to keep you know maybe stop the bleeding pe keep people from jumping from Cayuga county to a nearby county um otherwise you know i don't i don't know that there's too much that we that falls on the the county ledge 
to do um, to have an impact there, right? The, like you said, this is this is pervasive. This is something that we've seen um, be, prior to 2020 was tough. Since 2020 has been has been very very challenging, and um, and I think law enforcement in general is is having to figure out some ways to make sure that they uh, stop the bleeding with uh, with loss and build recruitment. But um, but budget is probably our our biggest impact. Speaking of expensive things, uh, infrastructure, uh, always yeah. very expensive. Uh, I found it interesting that the number one uh, discussed uh, infrastructure issue in Kiwi County that we're seeing, that we're hearing from the feedback we're getting from readers and viewers and listeners is broadband access and quality of broadband. Um, is that an issue that you see as one that uh, the county needs to be a little more aggressive with, or do you think things are relatively okay right now uh, across the county? Yeah, great question. So I, I have, I haven't heard. Again, as far as public discussions, I haven't heard anything about that. But how do I feel about it? Well, you know, I might have felt differently going uh, before COVID, right before twenty twenty. Um, and what I recognized as a family of of eight, right at the time, we had eight people in our home, um, and everybody working from home online, um, we needed some, some pretty heavy duty high speed service, right? And so we had to make a change. And we were fortunate to be able to do that and afford to do that. And, um, but not everybody is and not everybody was. And not that I, you know, certainly, if it's if I can have any say to say to it, we, we won't be doing uh, full scale shutdowns ever again, you know, that would, that would certainly be my, uh, my desire. Uh, but, um, but recognizing that there's a lot more work from home, more people are working from home. Students do have the opportunity to do work from home, college from home, all that stuff. And, and broadband certainly is, um, is, you know, it's, I wouldn't at all say it's a right by to, for everybody to have access to it, but I do think it's something that's, uh, that's becoming more of a necessity. The other side of that is, when it comes to being a corridor that's attracting places like Micron, right? One of the things that Onondaga County has done well is is to be a corridor that is advancing things like that, right? So I don't know the solution. I don't know the best way to approach it, but I'd certainly be, again, open to that discussion to say, hey, what can we do as a county? Is there something we should do as a county? Is there something that should be done privately that we can encourage? Um, what's the best way to approach it, but definitely make advances in that area would be great. So uh, this kind of leads into a bunch of the stuff that you've talked about so far, housing, whether we're talking about median housing stock, rent prices, or senior housing availability, all three are major issues. Uh, given what's coming down the line with Micron, how do you think the legislature should approach these housing related issues? Because there could, in theory, be a, a boom here relatively soon. Uh, that the county simply has to meet. Uh, do you think the county is ready for that? Yeah. So I, I mean, I do think we have time, right? There's there's some time that we have uh, before we start seeing um, uh, the boon, as you mentioned. Um, I, but it is something we need to start looking at now. And so I do think it's. I think some studies would be relevant to say, all right, where do we need housing? What would that look like? Um, I'm I'm a big fan of allowing um, you know the, the private side of the world to, to, 
to make that happen. If I mean, you realize people are going to, there are entrepreneurs who are going to see opportunities to make money here, right? And so they're, they're, they're going to see the need for housing. We have, we have uh, contractors all around here who are going to be looking for opportunities to build developments, build apartments, things like that, that, that might benefit them. Um, but at the same time, solve how solve housing issue potential housing issues down the road um, if it's something where we see that there's a further need and the county needs to get involved then i think it's worth worth looking at that but again i wouldn't say that it should fall on the county to necessarily be the driver in in uh in that development right it, we we can lead the way we can certainly um open doors and create opportunities for people to, to step in um, but not in, the, not in a way that we are um, dictating where things are going and how things are going up. Does that make sense? Is, yeah. Does part of that involve uh, helping perhaps some of the communities uh, cut through or perhaps lessen the red tape that's involved uh, with development? You know, no housing development is going to go up in six months, of course. Uh, but when a process takes right. two to three years to get to, you know, just to a point where construction is happening, which is a story we've heard a few times across the region, um, that can be a deterrent to developers or would-be developers. Is that something that you think that the county could potentially at least play a role in voicing to uh, everybody involved, hey, this is something that maybe we can do a little better? Well, so I'm certainly an advocate for using the voice of the the county, the legislature, you know, the the whoever is chair, the voice of the chair, you know, to to have an impact there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but one of the things that, that makes our state, uh, you know, challenging is you have multiple, uh, levels of government. And so, you know, I don't think it's, it's our place as the County to step in and tell a township or a city what they need to do or how they need to do it. Right. But can we, can we voice our, our, uh, encouragement, uh, to, to maybe, um, tidy things up a little bit, make things a little bit more efficient. Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm sure we can become more efficient in some things ourselves. And so to me, that would be the starting point is to not necessarily uh, tell others how they can do better, but maybe make sure that we're doing our absolute best to make sure that things are flowing for, for people who are trying to develop business here. My last question for you is the easy one. Uh, where can folks learn more about your campaign? Yeah, so thank you. Uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Joshua M. Chiz, C-Z-Y-Z, J-O-S-H-U-A-M-C-Z-Y-Z. Um, there's a, a link to a page. You can certainly donate to the campaign. We're still doing everything we can uh, to get out there, and so I appreciate any support that we can get. Um, my uh, email address is joshua.czyz at gmail.com. And uh, if somebody's interested in learning more information or getting a sign to put in their yard, I would w uh, welcome a call or an email from them. All right. All right, Joshua. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. That'll do it for this edition of FLX Today. If you'd like to hear more conversations like this one, check out the show on your favorite podcast platform or subscribe to the FingerLakes1.com YouTube channel. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.